You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McCuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello there, I'm Stuart Goldsmith, and today I'm talking to one of the nicest men in comedy, as well as one of the funniest. Here's Rob Rouse. Let's talk Let's talk about getting better, because you are someone who I have known for a long time. I've known mm. your work for a long time. And the last time I saw you in Sheffield doing this story about your wife giving birth... Yeah. ...was... I found you were comparing, and I was doing... I think I was just doing a set at the that time. Was it was about a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah. It was about a year ago, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. And I found, you, I found you almost unfollowably good, and you were comparing. That story, that stuff that you were doing there was so good, I thought, bloody hell, what, what's, what have you been taking? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, have, have you... Um, like the, the stuff of yours I was most familiar with before mm. was stuff like your duck you know your yeah. pet duck kind of stuff yeah. and funny enough I saw some of that online uh, yeah. earlier in the week and I was like oh, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, stuff yeah. with like the kids having a go at you going what is that and all yeah. that stuff it's lovely um, but the stuff I saw about your wife giving birth was streets ahead of that stuff oh cheers yeah I mean and not to insult the original stuff which I thought was great so do you feel that you've like a I'm aware that I haven't seen you along that process and it's mm. always like when you see a kid and then you see them a couple of years later oh you've grown you know that sort yeah. of thing um, it, that can be because you're uh, because one is observing it from sort of too far away but I suppose what I'm asking is it looks from the outside like something has happened to you that has taken it up several notches yeah do you feel that's true or is I that think so. I think so I think I think um, I think for me like, and, and it's just a, it's a personal thing having a family was was a profound uh, moment in my life, and, and as as I was having a second child, mm. and um, it changed everything. It changed it changed everything for me. It's like, it's like you've been handed a. For me, it's, it's answered a lot more questions it's ever posed. I mean, and don't get me wrong, it's it's, it's fucking hard mm. doing this and having a family. But I think doing anything and having a family is fucking hard. But it's also fucking brilliant. That's yeah. what it is, and it's that balance, and, it, and it's that. Uh, uh, I don't, it, it, it's it's like being handed a big box of secrets. That's what it felt like for me. It, yeah, it's, okay. it's brilliant. It's brilliant, and and uh, and it felt like uh, life really, really, really opened up into widescreen, and and the amplitude of the highs and lows just increases. Okay, like you open yourself up to a whole world of pain. You couldn't and, and fear and worry you couldn't possibly have envisaged beforehand sure. but at the same time that is balanced out by the insane kind of level of, of, of joy and, and stuff that, that, that it brings and, and, and that kind of it gave me certainly a perspective on my life and, and everything else that I didn't have before and I think I found that that was the most useful thing mm. um, and, uh, and also as well I think I, I've been doing it 14 years and it's only the last kind of four or five years I think I've got kind of, kind of any good at it. Okay. And and uh, 
and that, yeah, and obviously I made a living for 14 years, but I kind of, I kind of, it's really weird. Uh, there was so much interest in me. I, 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 uh, in 98 when I did that So You Think the Funny Thing Oh you won it didn't you yeah. You won it yeah. an early winner yeah. And, 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 it was, and I, I was literally just throwing everything at the wall That I could think of in yeah. 7 minutes, 10 minutes mm. And I looked back at it and it made a lot of people laugh But in reality it, it was It was really new, I knew nothing I knew yeah. nothing And I think it's interesting how the 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 The, <clears throat> the business or the industry, whatever is, is, is inevitably is obsessed with what's new Of course uh, but if if I could have the if I got had the attention now that I had, yeah, then, man. It would, you know. But fuck, fuck knows. Who knows? Sure, you know, sure, sure. All, I think a lot of people it, must, exactly, must think that. But that's not that. not to take away anything from anyone who's who's, who's recently new and has got really sure. kind of big in the in the big public sphere. Sure. Because they've had to step up and nail it every single chance they were given. You know. Yeah. So I always take my hat off to kind of you know people who've flown through fast because. Because it's it, it's really 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 hard, but yeah. um, but I certainly it was funny like when so but I never looked when got into stand up thinking it was a, a career. No, and I, I, I that's I, one of the key changes, isn't it? Yeah, when people started ten years ago or more. Yeah, or five years ago or more. Yeah, exactly. We, we were just kind of doing gigs, getting wrecked after, mm-hmm. getting stoned, eating loads of food, and just kind of just really constantly just fucking about yeah. and we had no idea what it was and it was just great fun It just and what, what was exciting was because I felt my life to that point I, I started it at 24 I rebelled late mm. and, and I trained as a teacher and all that kind of stuff and, uh, and then thought I'm fucking I'm going to stick it to the man at 24 well now I've got something to fall back on <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, 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 and and literally moved down to London with, with, with a suitcase and started doing Stand up and 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 but because you couldn't do it anywhere else, there wasn't a circuit of these open spots, and, mm. and and literally did got a job at Deutsche Bank working mm. as a caretaker, seeing like the city from the ground up, which was mm. fascinating. And uh, just kind of what movies? It's Michael J. Fox, isn't it? The yeah, 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 success. Totally. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, oh, I love MJ. We love MJ. He's uh, awesome, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, I watched Back to the Future today. I just I love Michael J. Fox. It's so it's the way he moves, just kind of quick. <laughs> yeah, really quick. There's an urgency about him. Everything's so big. But yeah, and so it never felt like it was a career, and 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 and, and then it sort of after. So I think funny. I I got a lot more gigs that, but I think I still think I would have got there anyway. Uh, and it was just it just it was a, an accelerated moment. So having had a lot of attention early on, what happened next? For um, you? Well, there was that, that after that. There was that whole thing of, uh, I mean, Karen Corrin, who was always amazingly supportive at the Gilded Balloon. It, it was just, it was that. It felt like everyone's going right. So you're coming back next year with your hour. Yeah. And I thought I've got eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. You're joking. You're joking. And so I, I kind of. Um, and there was it. Was there less of a um, like an established thing now? Would be someone wins saying you're funny. Yeah. And next year they come back on the zone or as part of they do a twenty as part of a package. Yeah. A year after that they do half an hour on the free fringe maybe. You know, year after that they do an hour. Yeah. And there's a bit more of an established thing. Was that less established? Well, it was no. It was kind of in place. And I did the comedy zone the next year. Okay. I compared it, but I came back with. Uh, Ian Bolsworth and John Williams mm-hmm. and we did this show called Big and Daft of course you did oh our, my our, god yeah, I forgot about that completely yeah that, that built out of a night we used to run it the, uh, in, in North Finchley at the back room of a pub and mm-hmm. it was the stuff we did in between the sketches that, that became the kind of the uh, became the thing mm-hmm. um, and we had these little puppets that came out at night little Rob little John little Ian uh, who just used to talk about ladies and beer and that was it and, and, and they were kind of our little alter egos that popped out Okay. And they were just car sponges cutting half. 
yeah. and they would rip as we used them most nights so they were always <laughs> held together with gaffer tape and so one night you know, in, in, halfway through it had been wrong one of them would look really really ill yeah. <laughs> very very poorly <laughs> and then and then and then, like, then another one would be brand new and, and just yeah, it was, it was and it was it was real knockabout kind of um, uh, and, and just daft fun Silly uh, stuff, and it, and it felt, and it felt, it felt kind of right, but to go back as a as a gang, as a team, right? Because yeah. I just didn't feel ready to do an hour on my own, and I didn't do that till after we'd done three big and daft shows, and then I went back in two thousand and two, I think it was okay. two thousand two, two thousand three, and um, I think two thousand three was was a, was was a better show. And, and in hind- but in hindsight, I still think, you know, when you're charging the public 10, 12 quid mm. to come and see you, you're like, kind of, it's a lot of money. It's a lot. Mm. I mean, it was back then as well, you know, and I think, I don't know, I, who's to say, but in, in, in is it, hindsight, I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? I, I still think I just did it too early, I think. And then when I back, went back in 2000... You did, you, you did your hours. I think, yeah, I did two. And, and then I think when I went back in 2009 and did the first one, uh, it was called My Family of the Dog That Scared Jesus which mm. was about having our son and this Randy dog that was that happened I went back then because it, I thought I've got a there's a I've got a story to this, yeah. this is a big big lump of stand up that, that works so that was the beginning of your sort of renaissance was it in the, the 2009 think, one yeah, was yeah, the beginning yeah, of you going I right so. here I am as a, as a finished article yeah now. And yeah. I think what it boils down to is it's funny because I was I was a really late bloomer at school, classic kind of comedian, quite didn't grow quite late, voice broke late, all that kind of shit. Mm. You come back after every summer holiday, fuck his voice is broken, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and it was just terrible. And, and so obviously, kind of, I did, and I was always, I never got into trouble. I always knew when to kind of hold back. So it's kind of knowing, not thinking about it. But you sort of know where the line is to a degree, and then you can hop across it and you can hop back. Uh, and then. Um, but but so I, when I started doing stand up, I, I was influenced by lots lots of stuff because it's hard to grow up as a teenager in in Britain at that time, you know, and not be confronted with so much brilliant comedy. It was mm. really lucky. And then, uh, but I didn't know who I was. That, that was the bottom line of it. I was still a boy. Yeah. I was a bo- a twenty four year old boy. I didn't have a fucking clue who I was, what was going on, uh, and and then and then and I didn't really know who I was. Yeah, that was it. And then and then having kids kind of. It may. I suddenly had a I had a role. I had a role. Yeah. But before that, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of, I suppose I had quite a lot of kind of TV exposure and you know Friday Night Project and other stuff that literally that seemed to it felt like it was um, something was really accelerating again sure. or taking off and then and then they kind of that went away. They cleared the decks and then Justin Allen went on and did like six seven series of that and and, there was, and I'd be lying if they said there wasn't a bit of me kind of thought well that's that's waving the Millionaire boat goodbye. Yeah, sure. And, uh, Jimmy's sure. on that one. Off, off goes Jim. See, yeah, Jim. sure, Bye. sure. Um, but then again, do, see, do, do you do you yeah. think do you have a sense of why that was? Do you feel like you were overlooked for a particular reason because you didn't have a, an angle or a voice or you weren't being yourself? Who knows? Or, I haven't the faintest idea. Um, but uh, but the, but then when I look back at it, I can think right. Well, I mean, Jimmy. Jimmy so I, I think I might, we might be assuming yeah. a bit on the part of the listening. Oh yeah, so let's let's just explain what that was. I'm proud it's of fine. It, it was uh, yeah, it was the it was Jimmy Carr, me and Sharon Horgan. Yes, and a celebrity guest. Gotcha. And I think ultimately, probably they probably had too many people on it, uh, but um, uh, 
yeah, we did one series, and then, but I think, yeah, look back at like Jimmy was the year below me at school, effectively. Okay. In, in stand up. Yeah, yeah. But we were all getting wrecked, right? And, and kind of having fun and doing stuff. And Jimmy would do his gig, nail it yeah. with his clipboard, yeah. then go home, then rewrite them, yeah. <laughs> and come back the next night, every whatever gig he did, kind of a fifty percent better or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And 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 but at the time we probably go, God, how's he getting so good so quick? Yeah, sure. He's actually sure. working on it. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. actually fucking working hard, you know, he's doing it. But everyone's different and everyone and, and I think I think now it's funny now it feels like there's maybe more of a template that people might think there is for yes. getting into comedy when they come and do it yes but there isn't that's the point there isn't there isn't there's just your life there's just your life sure and uh, and, and I, I and the longer I do it the more I realise I don't think it's a career I think it's I think it's like it's an illness yeah, it's okay. a terminal illness okay. being a comic it's a compulsion <laughs> that's how I that's how I'd sum it up because you, you, you'd make like try and make people joke if you mended photocopiers or whatever but you've found a job that enables you to, to spout off, to spew out. And, and the worst case scenario as a comic, if you keep writing, is you'll be in the corner of a pub somewhere screaming at strangers and getting paid for it and then going home and, and, and you'll have got it out. I love talking to Rob. He's such, he's such a nice man. He's so enthusiastic and energetic, and I'm really impressed with how he's managed to, to wrest back control of his life after his career taking off threatened to destabilise a lot of things for him. Um, he, he writes, his comedy writing is, is almost exclusively about his life, and we discuss how, how he does that, and also how he writes without any formula, but nonetheless comes up with really strong, gimmick-free stand-up. Uh, I, I sometimes worry that being a comedian and having a happy family life seem to be mutually exclusive but uh, I think here Rob proves me wrong uh, so we're going to talk about the way Rob's family has changed the kind of comedian he is as well as the kind of man um, just a couple of little things before we get stuck back in the winner of the last Funny for No Money which was months ago now I can only apologise uh, the winner was uh, what you had to do was combine uh, the concepts of comedy and uh, geography the winner was Bloody Helm on Twitter with Geography which probably gives you some idea of the standard <laughs> so the next one tweet with the hashtag funny for no money with your ideas for the title of a comedy show that combines gardening and music I'm trying to make it easy for you go wild I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to start you off because I've got to go and catch a train um, but gardening and music uh, with the hashtag funny for no money uh, a show title that combines those two concepts uh, and if you've ever been paid for comedy your hashtag is hack for cash get stuck into that nothing else to say here thank you for listening thanks for all your support I, I do keep emailing me it's info at comedianscomedian.com I read all your correspondence. I will get back to it eventually, I promise. Uh, join the Facebook group if you like. Tweet me at ComComPod and send in your suggestions for guests, particularly Australian and New Zealand comics or, or comics from anywhere in the world that you know are going to be at uh, Adelaide, Melbourne or New Zealand festivals over the next few months because that's where I'm going to be. Now, back to Rob Rouse. There is, no, there is no right and wrong way to do it. I think if you, if, for anyone who's listening to this who's started... And I don't think there's any, I don't think you should think you have to follow any particular career path. Because there's a little bit of me as well that kind of thinks that we're never meant, to, as comics, we're never meant to be part of the establishment or, or mm. kind of, uh, you know, we were never meant to be, oh, are we meant to be at the Royal Variety Performance? Oh, sure. I don't know, I don't sure. know. There's no right sure. or wrong. There's that, no right or wrong. It does start to feel more like the pre-alternative comedy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That alternative comedy wasn't supposed to be at the Royal Variety show yeah 
And now we all are. Yeah. What, 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 and and yeah. so does that mean that we're all together anymore? And it it's starts really weird, not to, it? doesn't it? It's it really starts weird, not it? to. It's like, it, it is a little bit like kind of punks growing up and kind of, or, you know, or, or yeah. the Who yeah. doing Royal Command performances. Right, and you yeah. go, well, has this thing ossified? This, yeah. you know, all the, what we're, what we're, what we're kind of celebrating here is the energy and anger and struggle, none of which is necessarily in your life or in experiences anymore. Yeah. It's really strange, isn't it? It's very weird. So, so are we actually leaving a massive open goal for, for a new movement to just kind of go and tear yeah. it all down and go, well, fuck that, we're not doing the Royal Variety performance. Sure. And you're all dead and all the kids will go, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I th- I'm, absolutely, I'm certain that is happening. I know that's happening at the moment mm. with some of the, the, the weirder acts that I've seen, the more yeah. alternative kind of acts. But, but I think that's, that's what it, it's funny. I think just if you if you're doing something that is this complicated and 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 uh, intricate and hard and fun and fucking amazing isn't it to do you don't want it to become boring you don't mm. or, or become square mm. or, or kind of so I, so I do, think, do you want it to become work let's talk about the relationship between the work and whether or not it's work because i'm yeah. just thinking about in terms of what you say about jimmy working like jimmy Carr coming in working really hard when you were in a position where you were sort of thinking i'm partying now because i'm on telly and it's great fun and we're all having a laugh let's enjoy this and he was thinking no, I mean, not only did he have a sort of a business plan, mm. we imagine, but he also had a template, he had a work ethic. He had a, this is a job, I'm approaching it like a job. Yeah. And I certainly, I, I can see amongst my peers and the people who were my mm. year at school that some people treat it like Sarah Millican, this is a job, I'm going to treat this like a job of work. Yeah. Not, not to connote any kind of mundane approach to it at all, but she tore into it going, God, yes. Yeah, yes. just yeah, thrown yeah, through yeah, it absolutely. like a train. Absolutely. And then there's people, sometimes I feel like, uh, sometimes I feel like that yeah. and other times I feel like no I'm doing this I remember talking to Rex Boyd in, yeah. uh, in a dressing room Rex Boyd uh, uh, for the listener is uh, a comic who's actually uh, I think he's completed comedy he stopped doing it now and um, works somewhere else um, but he was an ex-street performer mm. and I remember talking to him in a, in a dressing room in Western Supermare the yep. Joker Western Supermare yep. and he was saying I could put lots more work into my comedy mm. stuff. I could spend more hours of the day writing and administrating and doing all that stuff. But I did this job so that I wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. I did this job because it's fun, because I don't want to spend my life working. Yeah. So I think if we look at those two poles, yeah. Jimmy Carr on one side, and I'm not saying Rex specifically, but you know, coming from a background of street performance yeah. myself, the whole point was it was a DOS. Mm. The whole point was <laughs> we can make an easy living. You know, we can have fun, we can make people feel good about themselves, yeah. and we don't need to work many hours in the day. Yeah. And everyone has to decide where on where on that spectrum mm. are they putting it. And I think the thing is now the rewards are so great mm. that a lot of newer acts are saying, Well, I'm definitely gonna be on the Jimmy end of the spectrum. Mm. But you see, also at the time, no one else was like Jimmy. Jimmy was like, Jimmy was punk. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was punk. He was, a, he, was a, he was a suit punk. Yeah. Because he, he, he was completely different. He was completely yeah. different. He was, he was absolutely unique. And, and then again, someone like Sarah, she's come into it and, and she's, they, they've approached it in a, in a mature manner. It's interesting. They both had quite considerable um, lives and, and careers before they started doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they came to it as quite grown people, didn't they? Sure. Whereas, whereas I started as as a, someone who didn't know who they were, yeah. and I and, and you grow up in front of audiences with your trousers around your ankles. That's the yeah. amazing thing about stand up, isn't? It? You can't practice in front of a mirror. You've got sure. to do it with your kicks around your shoes. <laughs> but yeah, so but so I think um, 
and then so, then, then, so I, I had my kind of that little switch on for me was maybe having a family because then I kind of yeah. it sort of upped the stakes and also it unlocked a lot of uh Repressed emotions in me, I think. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Go yeah, on. yeah. In, with, with specifically what? Well, I, th- I think I think just um, I, I, I kind of I wore my heart on my sleeve more as a result of it. And yes, and, okay. Uh, and when I went up to do that show in Edinburgh, that first one, it, I, I don't read reviews now. I did that year, and it, and it did seem to just split people down the line of going. This is this is great because he's talking about stuff that matters to him mm. and then other reviews that said oh it's about kids <laughs> heard it yeah sure you know and, and, and everyone's entitled to their um, opinion and you have to accept that there's a rainbow of opinion about everything that everyone does isn't there mm. um, and uh, but I kind of thought that, that I knew that because it, it mattered to me, I, I could put into it what it needed to perform it properly. I think, mm-hmm. and then it, and if you can, and and I think, and now I'm even, I, I get, I'm drawn towards. I certainly wasn't this last tour, a kind of a deeper level of all of that stuff. Of it's the fact that life isn't pretty and it isn't it isn't comfortable. It's brilliant. It, it's mm-hmm. it's great, but it, the stuff that people think. They don't want to be laughing at when they come in is is really the stuff that you should try and make. That they need to be laughing at, but but not by bullying people or or just trying to be extreme or obscene about something or shock people. Mm -hmm. I I, I get a lot lot of. I mean, there was like there was about 35, 40 minutes purely about poo. Yeah. In that show. Yeah. That I think was some of the best stand up I've (laughs) I've ever written. Not just about poo. Stuart, but but just some of the best stuff I've done. Yeah. Because you can see at the start of it, people are going, oh, fuck, he's talking about poo. Yeah. Oh, don't talk about poo. And by the end of it, they go, oh, Alice, yeah. don't talk about poo. Yeah. And, I, and I think, and it, it, because there, there's, it's, it's like, it's, it's a re, it, was a, it felt like a real taboo mm. with an audience. Mm. That we can't talk, we're not meant to talk about, we can't talk about poo. Sure. But he's just fucking had one. Where's your hang-up come from? Why, why, why are you ashamed of the, something that is, is going to come out of your bum every single day? <laughs> it's really weird. And, and yeah. on one level, it's really childish and really basic <laughs> and really base. But on another level, I think there's something quite interesting about the things that, we, we, uh, that people will recoil from. And pretend aren't happening. Exactly. Yeah. And, and where the fuck has that shame come from? I blame sure. Victorians for so many things. And, and it's like everything. It's like the fact that you know, there's so many things that we we just uh, we just carry on unquestioned in in our lives. Like the fact that kids go to school at four. My boy's at four. He's at school. Mm. It's fucking ridiculous. He shouldn't be at school. It's four. He's learned to queue up now for the rest of his life. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's like, okay. oh, lots of that stuff. Okay, okay. So that stuff in terms of that material, that sounds to me like it's coming from a place of actually wanting to say something actually wanting to express something want, like getting your teeth into a subject which might be a bit different to uh, the stuff about your pet duck yeah which was funny stuff yeah but it wasn't really about but there's an interesting than... there's a, when I look back at it there's an interesting beginning of the seed there that the, the, the duck for me and Helen my, my now wife was um, was our first surrogate baby okay because it was a duck that lived in the flat and wore a nappy okay and we invested a lot of love into this duck. Yeah. And we would cuddle it. Twice a year it would come into season and despise my wife. Yeah, And we really? literally was prepared to fight her to the fucking death. 
I came back one afternoon and Helen was backed up onto the kitchen sink <laughs> with a dog just <laughs> she bit her in the lip all sorts of stuff oh my god yeah just she just turned on a sixpence okay. twice okay. a season because uh, you know she she wanted to she wanted a drake <laughs> I just well, but that never was, happened potential show title Rob yeah, Rouse yeah, the drink yeah, yeah. <laughs> just did a little green collar but that never happened I never I never fucked the duck okay yeah. uh, but uh, but did you see what I mean in terms yeah. of the in terms of the material itself and, and do you think do you think that that uh, happened at the same time as you becoming a father and relishing a different role in the world I th- that yeah. you was like I want to say stuff now or is well, it, is I think, it simply I think, that I think it's just that I, I, had, I had something that I was investing in outside of travelling to gigs going on trains going on planes going in hotels all that kind of stuff and the business and everything Yeah, I, I started talking about things that I was passionate about and I, and I thought Do you know what I don't, I don't really I don't want to be telling everyone how I think the world is because I've not worked that out sure um, and I don't feel confident to do that. I'm not confident my opinion in, in yes. what's right yeah, or wrong, yeah, how people should or should live their lives. Sure. So I'm not that person. But here's stuff that I have a lot of fun with that, that is a world that I get lost in, that is yeah. me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm going out on a bit of a limb by doing it, mm-hmm. by, by kind of... Uh, by kind of yeah, and it's funny because I remember I was doing a, a TV warm-up the afternoon. The duck got killed in this very garden we're overlooking. Oh, yeah. And, um, and and I, I'd just been inside to make a cup of tea came out and she was dead blood oh. everywhere the fox that had just killed her was coming back to take it and I scared him off oh. and I would just and I would just stagger around the garden she also, he also took the chicken Mrs Miyagi took her down as well and uh, and, and I rang I rang uh, the, the producer I was doing the warm up for that afternoon and said that the dog's just been killed I don't and she went oh sweetheart I'm so sorry for you I'm so sorry for you just, take, just come in next week just leave it don't worry we'll, we'll get it covered <laughs> Oh fuck! And then I got there the next week, and uh, it was a warm-up for eight out of ten cuts. And they were all going, "Are you okay?" Frankie Boy went, "I heard about the dog man." Oh, <laughs> and it was a bit—it was because I talked about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, so then when we it got, was the people's dog. Yeah, I mean, it was the duck of our exactly, hearts. Exactly. I made, I made, <laughs> I made, I made ten short films with the duck, the, the dog yeah. films, and, and all that stuff. And it was mad. And, and then, and then when, and then we got, then we got a dog. Then we got a dog. It's our little story, isn't it? We got a dog, and and then and he and a puppy from Battersea, and then then all that came along with with him and his proclivities and stuff, and that started becoming what I talked about on stage. Yeah, and then we, you know, fell pregnant with the well, Ellen fell pregnant with the, our our son, so I started talking about that. So I just I tend to, I've just found I find it easier for me to talk about what's under my nose mm. and just try and express my feelings, and uh, I don't have any answers. And, and, and my confusions or, and, and all the stuff that that brings up mm. I think my, it, it feels like I, I'm more involved in the world than I was by dint of those things because we all came from a place we're all going to a place the ground and, uh, and we were all born and we were all, we're all part of that thing yes, yes. so I, I, I don't know so it's it's, uh, it's potent- I've heard Eddie, Eddie Izzard talk about a thing called the mother load Yes, I've heard, yes, I've heard that was a phrase. I think it's very powerful. I'm not quite sure how to use it yet. Yeah, <laughs> but I like, I like the word. But it feels like you, you, it's you, a thing you you tap into. You find out what your thing is that you tap into, and yeah. you go right. I can now spend my time tapping into this yeah. thing rather than uh, casting about in the wilderness, which I think I spend a lot of time doing. Yeah. I think we all go through a phase of going. Yeah. What is it? What can I say that will be funny? How yes. can I get the results I want? Yes. And then when you find the thing, you go ah. Now this is. It's not just a case of finding. 
a thing to talk about that's funny. It's finding the way that you are funny. Yes, but you find, you think you've found the thing and the thing is good for a bit and then you change because the thing changed you yeah. and then you have to change again and find yeah. the, the new bit of the thing. But I, th- I think that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, Do you know I, what I mean? I, no, I'm just thinking from the point of view of listening to this again further down the line. The, we, we're both articulating this very badly, but I think it's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, it's all about things. <laughs> It, yeah, it does. I've not considered that before. It does. You find it and it changes you. Yeah. And you have to find another one. You have to find it again. Yes, because 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 life is fluid and life is constantly... We're all living in this one moment and you can never lock yourself down. Or at least I can't go, right, that's who I am. So that's mm. the thing I do. That's how it comes out. That's my formula. I don't know what... I don't have a formula. I have no idea. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the writing. If you mm. don't have a formula, have you been through various attempts at formulas? Were you trying to crack it? How do you, how do you write stuff? How did you write stuff when you started? How do you write stuff now? Well, I think... Uh, that question couldn't be any bigger. I'm no, sorry. Let's right. zero in when, on a bit of it. When I started, I would literally just bolt together as many just non sequiturs and madness and extreme things as I could okay. and then just rattle through them at a breakneck speed with immense energy and, and hyperactivity uh, that was all fuelled by utter fear okay. that's what it was and terror fear, and fear of what? fear that they wouldn't laugh fucking it up not getting it just, just, just the, the terror of 400 people staring yeah. at you wanting to like, just a simple visceral yeah. reaction that most human beings would have in that situation. With 400 pairs of eyes. Yeah. yeah. Just the genuine shit your pants terror of what that really weird position that you put yourself in is. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and, and then, and, I, th- and I, think, I think that's what it was. It's like two phases. I would think that it felt like, I still get it now that when you do interviews for like the tour and stuff because uh, they go off old things and Wikipedia and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and go hey known for his hyperactive brand of really upbeat blah 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 sure, and, sure. and, and you just go oh fuck I've not even slept at all mm-hmm. uh, last night and, and I'm covered in baby sick and, and I'm, I'm, I'm hey I'm the hyperactive guy sure. and, and you're not and, and then, so it's come in two phases there was that where I felt and it, and it felt weird like there was an expectation that I was the guy who was always happy always upbeat classic tears of a clown kind of thing territory to to stretch yourself out into emotionally that I would always be you know I would always be Mr Sunshine Um, and so then there was a pressure to kind of put that on to do gigs and what I found more about talking about what's under my nose is however I'm feeling that can just start where you are that's what that's how I look at it now okay so so yeah so if I'm if I'm feeling completely fucked I'll write a piece about being completely fucked and 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 then that's what I'll try and work on, and then so that, and and then also when when you get to performing it, you you've been there, you know what that emotion that feeling is, and you can tap into it because you probably had it the last couple of days. Mm. And I got a brilliant bit of advice, just a, sort of a point when I started writing stuff about my stuff and the dog and everything. That around that time, I was working with Raymond Means, uh, Scottish I'm, guy I'm from, from Glasgow. Yeah, okay, I don't think I've encountered And um, yeah, I just did, a, I had a bunch of kind of jungler's gigs in Glasgow with him that, that, went, that went well. And, 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 because uh, I, I, I love gigging in Glasgow, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's an awesome city, isn't it? If they like you, they really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally really get fierce. into it. It's yeah. just an emotional, like you talk to people who play in bands, 
they hit one though everyone hits the floor just yeah yeah <laughs> they really they, they 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 want it to be good and they won't they won't bullshit you but it, you know they 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 want the they bring the fun they bring mm-hmm. the party mm-hmm. but Raymond Means gave me the, the best tip I've ever had from any stand-up which was uh, he said if you're telling stories he said what I try and do is I picture it in my head and literally look at it and then I tell the audience what I'm looking at okay trying to explain to the audience what I'm seeing okay and it's okay. a really and it's a really good way of, of just if because if you're telling stories and, and big moments and things that happen it forces you in the moment I find to really try and describe it yeah, when you're course, in the pocket that's so obvious God to yeah. actually realise where the audience is and where you are in the story yes. where they are where their expectation is and, and it makes it easier to kind of give them the the right bit at the right yes, moment yes. you know what I mean sure. kind of to pop the bubble at the right point and, and, and fa- or find another um, superlative or adjective or, or that, that just fits that moment I think sure. I think and that's and that's part of the excitement of, of uh, doing stuff I think that's personal is um, yeah you, you've got to you've got to live it out as you do it you can't just read it off the back of your eyes and, and that so that enables you to I don't access something that's uh, it's coming out of your guts. Hopefully, that's that's what that's when it really works. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's just coming. It's coming out. I think, and I find that really satisfying. It's weird, and at the end of a gig like that, I don't I don't feel high or, or I just feel really really calm, <laughs> <laughs> shriven. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just yeah, just really really at peace and fine. Yeah, before. Uh, I was I was doing it in a very different way, and it was a lot more and it it, it, it was much more nervous. Now, okay, it fit, I feel like I, I kind of still get nervous before every gig. That's kind of thing, that's normal, but I I, I I kind of I don't know. It feels like a more natural thing to do now. If that makes any sense. So how would you how is how is that different? The feeling when you come off to how you used to come off stage after doing hyperactive. Yeah, I used, to, I used to drink. Rock, you know. I used to smoke. I used to smoke and 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 uh, and, and just go. Uh, just have to burn that off somehow. And now, I, it might, maybe it might just be age as well. I, I find I just I feel I can go and have a beer, or I could just mm. go and do something else, or just relax. Because you said what you needed to say. Yeah, talk yeah. to friends if they're there, or, or or you know, just talk to people I don't know, but just happily just chatting to them. Yeah. Without it's, any it's need, done. To, yeah. Without any need to kind of feel I need to further entertain. Still be more. performing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's great. Well, that sounds like maybe not just age, but that sounds like a maturity of you as a performer as well. Um, that you that you are actually getting that stuff out on stage. You're saying what needs to be said. Yeah, yeah. And and, 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 and I, I don't think it needs to change anyone's lives or anything like that. Just and it, but it, the court needs to really make them laugh. <laughs> Something I really noticed about your stuff when I was I was kind of revising you this week. I was kind of yeah. you know, I was sort of watching the, 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 the few bits that are on YouTube. Um, is that your stuff is really gimmick free? You don't have any. It's it's difficult to describe, and I think in a good way. It's it's stand up comedy. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. isn't. You're not kind of hitting familiar notes. You're not. Um, you're not sort of stuck in one attitude. Mm-hmm. It's it's storytelling. It's really infused, really evocative storytelling, and very fast. And there's loads of punchlines in it. Loads of kind of changes of tack and changes of perspective and things like that. But you're you're not. There's nothing formulaic about it. Oh, cool. Thank you. 
Yeah, well, I think that I think I think that's fair to say. So, in what I'm asking is in the in the creation of the stuff. I mean, do you sit down? Do you sit down and write it? What? No, do you... nothing. Nothing's nothing. There, there might be a, t- a point when I try and write bits out longhand just to straighten them out if I feel I got a bit knotted up. But well, mostly you're doing it from memory each night. Yeah, and tape gigs, just okay. tape gigs, and and there's um, there's notes. I mean, I've got gallons of them in my bag that are just literally. They're like lace that I just scribble on top of scribble in different colored biros and keep them in my back pocket where they they kind of they they kind of mature, they rise like a dough. (laughs) Okay. And then and then some some of them get stuck to each other through bum sweat from gigs and then and then they rendered useless. Um, but maybe one day I'll peel them apart with a pair of tweezers and then write on the top of that or and and then and but it's it's generally they're generally just bullet points. Okay. Reminders, oh, they say that, or 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 bring in because you're creating the stuff on stage. Yeah, you're exactly, walking yeah. on with the with a, a yeah. thought and going right. I'm going to see the picture in my head. I'm going to describe what it is, yeah. and then that's the bit. That's how I do it now. If I, I, I do new material nights, or when I'm comparing, I try and come away from every comparing weekend with a new bit, mm. a new a new thing. So I have to have to. Otherwise, what's what's the point? I kind of think. Sure. And I, and I think the circuit. I love the circuit, and I think I I, I just want to use the circuit each year to write a show in so when you're yeah that's a I mean sorry I was distracted because I was looking at your next question Mm. but I think that's a really healthy way to view the circuit yeah is using the circuit to write a show yeah I mean it's great fun you can earn a living and and, and if you keep you know Keep your wits about you. You can, you can, you can write. You can write. You shouldn't have to think. Fuck Edinburgh's coming up in three months. We've got to plough it together in previews. Sure. Because why? Why not just keep just firing bits in each night? We. I mean, you can't do it all the time. It's nights when you just have to. You have to hold up or go right. There's sixty soldiers in. We need to get on with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And but I think I think yeah. Just see. It's an opportunity. The circuit to 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 just develop what you do all the time. I think. So let's address a specific thing, just by what, just in terms of how you create the stuff. I've got a phrase that I wrote down when you're talking about having your kid walk around the house like a billionaire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lovely idea, and that's yeah. you know, I've heard lots of different varieties of what it's like having a kid. Yes. That seems really fresh, really interesting, really funny. And you say one of the lines is. Um, he's just having a wee in the room like a businessman having a piss against a tree on a golf course that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, so, like, like, with, with, yeah he's got a paunch yeah, yeah. like a paunchy businessman <laughs> having a piss behind a tree on the night hole or whatever it is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it comes out different ways different nights yeah. well that's what I was going to ask yeah. it comes out different ways in different nights so you haven't sat down and written that line and took out the unnecessary words and tried to find the right thing you've just said it over and over again, differently every time, and it still comes out differently. Every yeah, time. I, I tape a lot of stuff and record to rec- listen to it back when I can. But so many gigs I tape and, yeah. and don't listen to. Yeah, well, well, that's I think that's endemic. Yeah, yeah, that comes up again. Podcast cliche, isn't it? Classic. Ring the bell. But but yeah, so, but then I, but I, uh, things mature and then, and then sometimes they grow and they and they get extra kind of branches and leaves on them. Other times that shrinks back and there's a dieback in the season. And it becomes just a nut again or an acorn, and he might plant that in another idea or a show, and it grows into a completely different bush. Um, That's because, because really, life is fluid, isn't it? Yes. If you're talking about that, I do that, and yeah. I've always had a go at myself for doing it. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm putting in that old bit from a thing, and and actually, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's a much more healthy way to think of yeah, that. Why not? Yeah, I mean, if you're releasing them as shows or DVDs, you want to make sure there's no, you know, you're not crossing things sure, over. Sure. But it can often be a way. It's like spider plants. It's a way of growing another bit. Is you just, I, I just don't 
I don't know anything about spider plants, well, but spider in the plants, use of the analogy those, here, I think in the eighties, those those pot plants you get for fifty p at boat sale, and then a little plant would come out on a stick, and then you just that would grow. Okay, in okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Well, like one of them, you know, them, them cake, the cake plants. Yeah, <laughs> taste awful, but you know, they, they keep providing cake. But um, that's the bananas. You know, it's, your comedy taste awful. But um, yeah, I did. But also as well, kind of at the end of the day, fuck it. Why have any rules? Why should there be rules? Like all of it. Like. It's, Come on, squares. Stop having yeah. rules. <laughs> it's not. Fuck, it's not. It's not. It shouldn't. It's not. It's a job, isn't it? It's not. It's, so it's not a job. It, it's. It's. It's a thing. It's. A, it's. A, it's. A, it's a journey. It's a. It's a fucking illness. It's a compulsion. Yeah. It's. It's all of that stuff. Yeah. I remember I used to watch my sister. Like she was. Um, she did like textiles, and, and she was. And she draw. She make kind of. Um, she was designing stuff. It was hard to describe. Because what you're doing is, I'm just doing. Just designing things. And yeah. then she'd do something and just pull it out and do another one. And, yeah. and, and, and it was from, something was happening. Okay. But, but she couldn't describe what it was. And I think, I think in a way, stand-up can be like that. It can, you can be crafted if, you, if you're looking at stuff that you want to be able to look all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, I can't write like Bloomy does. I don't write yeah. that, you know, My yeah. brain doesn't work in that way. It's, it's phenomenal how Adam writes, isn't it? Brilliant. Sure. Amazing. I work by chucking stuff at things and then, and then squidging it I've heard the analogy of moulding clay or other yes. time they, it, it just comes out different each time I think but then but then, what does remain the same what, what you then I, I just yeah it, it's working it up in front of people what, what would I think what would scare me about doing that because I'm a bit <clears throat> I'm more precious than that if I get a thing that works I sometimes I think waste a lot of time and worry on trying to say it exactly the same way as it got a laugh last time yeah and I think that's to my detriment, you know, I think yeah. that holds me back. And I, but I think I do that because I'm scared that if I say it slightly differently, I'm, I'm expecting it to get a laugh, it yeah. might not. So do you have confidence in yourself that you're funny or is it confidence in the concept is funny or do you just trust yourself that however you say it, it'll work? It's a bit of all of those things, isn't it? I think, you, you know, it's this... You know, sometimes when you go into to your gig, that you know, you, sometimes you feel, I just feel kind of, yeah. I feel in the pocket. I feel, I feel I'm alive. I'm saying hello to people. I'm chatting to the guy at the coat check and all that kind of stuff. And and you feel connected to to humankind. Sometimes you just feel right. It's it's happening. And then other times you have to find your way into the the day. It's it's, it's like life, isn't it? It's it's uh, I don't, yeah. It's hard. It's it's always a little bit different every time. You can never completely read an audience. They're always going to surprise you. They're always going to be a bit different, um, and they're always going to laugh slightly differently at different bits. But when you've you just get when you've done thousands of gigs, you just get used to you play the people who are who are laughing, not the people who aren't laughing. Yeah, Do you know what okay. I mean. It, okay. it, it, there's lots of things like that that you 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 make it work rather than looking for ways to trip it up. Friday Night Project mm. and I did Spoons and another thing I did a sitcom on BBC Three called Grown Ups mm-hmm. and, um, and and then and then sort of kind of a lot of that that's the TV side of things just kind of seemed to just die off yeah died okay. away and um, and uh, and I, I dealing and I and I dealt yeah I had to deal with it I'm stuttering now because I'm it's uh, this is we're getting into Choking. some shit yeah, yeah, we're getting some shit talk here about some shit yeah so uh yeah, and, and I, I would be an absolute liar if I didn't say that, that dealing with that was 
because inevitably you see things and you start getting money and, and you you know you're able to kind of buy a flat and and mm-hmm. uh, it's like this is this is now whoa what's happening here and you and, and you look down or you don't want to you know get a speed wobble going yeah um, and and then and then it felt like you know it, it, but it's it's small time concerns in the grand scheme of life and the world and what everyone deals with um, and then you, and then then it, it, all that stuff changed. And um, it just sort of just gradually kind of petered out. And, and I think the spotlight moved and found someone else who... Yeah. And they went, yes, it's them. It's not him. No, no, not him now. Okay. Them. And, uh, and it might have been, maybe just... May, maybe, I mean, just maybe, I just wasn't... Uh, very probably, I just wasn't good enough for what they thought they needed in some of those things at that time, you know. Do you think... I don't know. Who knows? It, it, That's you, one of the most annoying know. things. Is who knows? You, you don't, don't know. know, do you? you? Don't, of course, you, you don't know. You can beat yourself up, yeah. imagining if you want. Well, they found someone better. Yeah. Or you can go. You know, realistically, TV people are really, really fickle. Who knows? Exactly. And something exactly. else turns up. Their head yeah, gets turned, so, and they go, "Oh, actually, everyone's doing this. Let's do this." Yeah. There's no reflection on you, so you might as well. It's quite try a reactive business. Most yeah. of it. Ninety-five percent of it is utterly reactive and yeah. not proactive, and, and is uncreative. Mm. I think. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so what we did the Friday Night Project, um, Channel Four just really wanted to have a, a, a lady in the, um, in the in the cast of the presenters as well, and that's and that's when Sharon came to the audition. Mm-hmm. And I worked with her on a thing we'd done called the pilot show. So actually, look at fuck it, I had a fair crack of the whip. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, fuck it, I'm not whinging. <laughs> and I really got on with Sharon. She's great fun. She's very funny. She's brilliant, as we all know. Really talented. And we all did that. And I think I think ultimately we did just too many people trying to do the same thing. So probably Channel 4, I imagine, looked at it and went, ah, it's getting too complicated. Yeah. Out it all goes and let, let's let's rebrand the whole thing. Yeah. But um but yeah, it, it's it's difficult not to be disappointed when things you feel they're going your way and then it changes. That's human sure. nature, isn't it? Sure. And uh and I think, yeah, it took me a while to come to terms with that because you're aware that the public is starting to go, oh, it's that guy. You the, yes. You're that guy, you're that guy at gigs and stuff. Yes, and you go, oh, yes. I could be playing to thousands here. I could be, that sure. tour I've just done could have been thousand seats. You know, I could be, you know, doing all this stuff. But it's all conjecture. It's all conjecture. And, and I think for a while it did, it fought with my head. And it, and okay, it I mean, I was going to say, you yeah. seem to have come to terms with it. Yeah, now. yeah, and, and it made me unhappy. It definitely made me unhappy. And, yeah. uh, and that was... And there was other stuff that I can't really go into with family and things and, mm. and, and quite wider issues of, of um, not wider issues, but kind of personal things with, with family and stuff that um, that were kind of involved. And, and, and it became apparent to me that, that I, I probably was starting to get quite depressed. Mm. That's what it was. It felt like I wasn't really kind of enjoying the ups and downs of life. Yeah. I was, I just felt I was just kind of letterboxing the whole thing out. And, uh, and without going into too much detail there's a history I think in my family of, of kind of, of of things that people have not had the not grown up in a world where you can really talk about it or deal with it yeah essentially um, and the other extreme is that kind of American thing that kind of hey, everyone's seen their therapist and it's, it's just a short comedy guy I think it's too talked about maybe yeah. I don't know it's, it, fuck it who can judge that's what you learn about life Um but uh, yeah, so so I I, I I just I thought I needed to sort my head out. So I kind of started to kind of go to see this guy and just mm-hmm. um, and and just got some help because I realised that it was it was it was fucking up my relationship with Helen, my now wife. Yeah, who we've got two, I've got two kids with, 
and it, and it, I'm st- I'm happy to say I'm still with you know yeah, yeah. and it, and it stuck by me. Um, do you do you think that was so? There was the the family stuff, which obviously we won't go into, but yeah, was, that was sort of happening at the same time as you were kind of going. Hang on, there is a wobble here. Yeah, exactly. I think it was going on. What's happening? Oh, fuck, and here come a load of problems yeah. at the same time, and and it's just it's just grown up life, isn't it? You yeah. just got you either it either knocks you over and you don't get back up, or it fucks you up forever, or you or you, you try and. You know, you look. Oh, you're lucky. You've got. Oh, you've got the resources somehow to kind of sure. sort it out. And and uh, oh, I didn't end up on drugs or booze or or try and turn it into something else. And and um, it was. And, and what I think enabled me to do that was having mates, proper mates, yeah. outside of work and outside of comedy and everything that that were really kind of um, supportive and and non non judgmental, but but kind of held up a good mirror to maybe how I was mm. little bits of me. It's crazy, I think, the, like we were saying before about not knowing why you might, why people might have gone cold on you, TV-wise. Not yeah. knowing, you'll never know. In much the same way as you, you don't often know, like we've all seen someone do a stand-up gig mm. where, and during it we'll go, ah, oh, they're losing them because they are not aware that they're talking to someone that's already been spoken to. Yeah. And like on the yeah, outside yeah. you can see it, but yeah. they're out there now, they have no idea, they have no idea and you can all see why it's going wrong. He's going to tread on the mind! Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, but when you're in that position yourself and you get this sense of this isn't working and you yeah. don't feel in control of it. And I think at the same time, stand-up should be something or can, can be something that you that is a party. Mm. That it's a walk in the park. It's yeah. like being a, you know, it's not it's not a walk in the park, it's not necessarily easy, <clears throat> but it can be enjoyable and it can yeah. be exciting and make you feel like as, as we should feel like we're artists who also get to earn money from our art yeah and that's like who gets to do that man actors yeah. but they don't get to work yeah you know and painters but they don't get to make money mm. it, it could be this kind of the glorious kind of crucible of excitement and all the rest of it yeah but at the same time because you have so little control it can feel very fraught yes and I, I think, think something that you seem to have done is you uh-huh. seem to have wrested back control of it and you feel like you've got it by the throat and that you're doing it on your own terms. Mm, it, yeah, it's, it's always a balance between thinking you've got that and thinking you, it's, it's out, yeah, you haven't. But I think, I think, interestingly, throughout the whole thing, stand-up has been a backbone to all of it. it it's, been a, it's been a constant. It's been, it's, been a good, it's been a good friend to me, you know, in, in that regard. It's been, it's, been, it's been consistent because if you keep writing, if you keep improving and you keep working, you, you will get gigs. Yeah. Well, that's, that's something that Sarah was saying. In, in it's that. very, it's fairly, it, it is meritocratic. Yeah. Uh, Success isn't necessarily exactly, meritocratic. Exactly, But being exactly. good at the work is. Yeah, the, yeah. the big amplifier mm. isn't necessarily. And, yeah. and the, but then there are also the factors in how much you want to work, how much of your life you want to spend working, mm. how much do you want to put into it, how much can mm. you put into it, all those mm. things. And then there's luck as well. But it's, it's that, we, you know, we all know people who are very near or at the top of the, the pyramid of, yeah. of uh, as you perceive it but it's yeah. just all it's all perception it's all sure. I'm, sure, I'm sure they perceive themselves as being at one of the far corners of a much bigger pyramid of course <laughs> exactly yeah. thinking well there's, there's Jerry Seinfeld up there yeah yeah exactly and, and it's uh, but yeah so I think but certainly I found that was really 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 uh, useful kind of because it, it made me address kind of it just made me try and find a bit more balance in my life and I was I was terrified about kind of um, you know, had this kind of well, the, the, yeah, the, my, my family that was that is there now was all you know was all on a plate. I think mm. also at the same time, like my my wife's a bit younger than me, 
party to say cash back <laughs> and, uh, and I'm at, so I'm 38 now Helen's 10 years so I was 28 when I met her and she was 22 then obviously and then we were together about three years and Helen went she did, she went right I'm uh, I'm ready to right kids mm. what's happening what are we doing here is this mm. a go what's happening is this relationship going somewhere are we, are we doing this or or what and uh, and I and I think well I know my initial reaction was you're far too young to have children you're only 25 how do you know this is London this is the media business no one has children until they're in their late 40s early 50s <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> and, then, and I just kind of uh, yeah and I, uh, so that, there was that as well so I was trying to work out so what's happened here with with, uh, with this aspect of of career or whatever mm-hmm. then there's these things other wider issues with, with you know kind of emotional issues with family trying to sort out mm. and there's this this thing here and, and I, I couldn't work out any of it and I just felt like I was having the, going through the same thoughts trying to sort yeah. it out yeah. but also I do think I do think unless you are sort of unless you, you stay aware and present in what, what you're doing being a comedian is will take a toll on you yeah emotionally it's going to because because it's not a normal thing for a human being to do to stand in front of loads of people with the express intention of making them laugh yeah. and and your feelings of worth and and everything riding on how well that goes yeah and however many you do however you try and look at it that that's you can't run away from that reality sure you come off there's the elation i did it this yeah. time the elation wears off i have yeah. to do it again and <laughs> yeah exactly and there is also that the, there's also the physical aspect of that that your your adrenaline your adrenal kind of the toll on your adre- adrenal system and your i think there's cortisol there's something else i mm. think that that balances out your adrenaline or something you can burn yourself out and, and you can fr- you can fry chips in your head and that's why people end up either stopping doing stand-up as they get older or they go they get angry or they 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 have to uh, or booze or drugs just consumes them yeah or 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 they kind of uh, they keep going and keep enjoying it I think I because th- it, it's it's like anything like I, I think like every human being as well whatever their career or, or choice or path will have that kind of uncertainty or what was this all about because that's inevitability of realising you, you maybe you're on the back nine of your life potentially yeah. or you're turning the corner of that and just thinking what the fuck was all this about what's left yeah you know it's um, God, we've gone deep Stu what's happening I think I might don't, so, don't pull like back that. don't pull I'm back I'm not going to pull back stay, stay deep I know you're right I'll stay deep I'll stay in it I'm going to stay in it but I think that that's what it is it, you, you uh Yes, life is complicated and stand-up is, is not a normal thing to do. Yeah. So those two things, the confluence of those two things, potentially could, can, can cause people trouble, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I, so, I, so, so maybe I would, yeah. So that, sorting all that out, I think I probably, I went to, yeah. Sorting that out. I, I never felt I'd sorted it out, but just gradually over time, yeah. I started, I maybe just letting the pressure off myself yeah. So I beat myself up about it. Start, stop, kind of, um, uh, stop thinking that it should have been another way, or it should be this way round, or whatever. Yeah. And and then just looked at what was in front of me and realised I was a very very lucky man. You spend a lot of time on your own doing this job as well. Yeah. Just wait, or, or potentially waiting for yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah. 
and that that yeah that that that's that's not a healthy thing to do to no. wait to mark time is it no do stuff go and do things or or, or kind of uh, yeah see or, or take stuff to do while you're there and and then so when you're at home you can just have downtime or, or just be with your friends or, or do others just not work yes free time yes do, hard, do you do you have any strategies for that in particular I mean what, a, a lot of this show I realise now having yeah. a bunch of episodes is basically me saying how do you cope yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's specifically talk about coping with that about the fact that stand up is upside down you're free yeah. during the day then you have to work so you can't relax during the day yeah. because you haven't worked yet and then you work and then you can relax and then you've got to go to bed yeah so what, what sorts of strategies do you have how, how do you live your life around stand up what yeah. sorts of things you do that they're make it constantly easier? under review yeah. And it would be fascinating. I mean, it would uh, it would also be fair, I think. I mean, if it would be fair if Helen was here to give you the, the, her side of it. I'm going to do a special. I'm going to do a special Come on, do it. Come on, do yeah. it. Put this out. <laughs> but because but, she, she, she would always say that, you know, I'm, I'm very bad at switching off, all that kind of stuff. And in my head, I'm some kind of utopian. Hey, I've got it. I'm living in the moment. This is fine. I've got it all worked out. <laughs> It's all groovy, <laughs> but she go. You're a fucking egg case. Yeah. You're doing my nothing, yeah. and it's easier when you're not here. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's the thing. So I go, I go away for a few days and do gigs, and and that that's a that's a truth, right? Yeah. Helen finds it easier to look after the kids and do all that and deal with it and cope with it without me there. And when I come back, I have to find my way back into yes. my home okay. life. Okay, and and I've been on tour for the best part of three months. Yeah, and now it's all it's winding down for Christmas, and I feel like I'm I'm actually I'm I'm more in the home mm-hmm. because she feels I'm actually there. I was in and out a lot, but I was never really there, and that, and it's ex- accepting that that is actually the fact rather than uh, my own narrative that I kind of create that as, as how I think it is. Um, so so the, the how. <laughs> The flip side of being working nights is I've spent a lot of time with my kids on the floor with them as they're growing up, which Brilliant. is immense. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and there's other times when you end up working days and nights as well. And as I get older, I find that I can't work all day then do a gig at night mm-hmm. unless I have a sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but, then, but likewise, I would also I'll expend as more energy in a day with the kids and then go and do a gig at night so I need a kip after that otherwise and, and that, that meant off and on tour me leaving half an hour earlier than I needed to leave and then sleeping in a fucking car park studio yeah, yeah, in yeah. my car just putting my earplugs in getting the heaters on put the seat back yeah. and having a kip like a tramp with facilities yeah <laughs> that's but that was yeah. crucial because it allows me to reset my brain and then yeah. I can then, then I wake up again and I can, yeah. I can sparkle and do it gigs make or break that's it okay this, is, this okay. Isn't, isn't make or break yeah none of it no, yeah, none no of it one is. gig is make or break that's really good advice even and, and I wish I, I wish I'd follow that and, yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's not true yeah. I can imagine myself listening to that a year in and thinking yeah but apart from this one I've got this really important yeah. and it's not none of them if none you're going to do are. this forever none of them are none of them are yeah. yeah and all the one that seems like this is the one this is the one that my career hinges on no it doesn't yeah or if, or if it doesn't go your way fuck it mm-hmm. it's your life don't let it ruin your life mm-hmm. otherwise then you'll have nothing to bring back to the next one I think it, and, it, it, and that again I, I think it's because I've been doing it 14 years I've had a few kind of ups and downs within that that I perceive um, and, and, and that's it. yeah you just don't let it become more important than your life 
because then you'll stop then you'll you'll stop doing it well or at least that's how I look at it I'll, sure. I'll stop enjoying it and, and, and then it won't mean you can fall in and out of love with it as well that, that's another thing I think over time and, and there's I had a period yeah I had a period where I just kind of I think I was just knackered and I thought I'm not really enjoying this so I, I, took, I took I took a month off and then just did some other stuff wrote some stuff had a really nice time caught up with friends that I needed to see yeah uh, drank a lot and then went back and did it again and was really enjoying it again just because yeah. I just realised you know I just I've not really had a break from this in 10 years mm-hmm. Christ's sake just relax a bit you know mm-hmm. just uh, yeah enjoy it, it's simple but it's a metaphor for life isn't it just enjoy all of it enjoy it don't don't yeah it ain't make or break it just yeah Hmm. Don't. There's no form. Don't find that. Don't try and think there's a formula and do it. That's why I'd say to, to new comics, really just shit or bust. Go for it. Just do it because that and that and now when you're starting, that's the time to really, really go for it and just be as weird as you want. And and then also don't be afraid to change. Like just, you don't have yeah. to do it all the same way. That's really good advice. Don't be afraid to change. I think is excellent advice because I think I, I've certainly felt a pressure that I put, again I put on myself. I, oh, I found a thing here. I have to do that thing, and I'll be letting people down if yeah. I don't do that thing. And as a, a, a dear friend of mine um, uh, once suggested, no one, no one will notice or even care. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is all in your head. Yeah. So change, change. David Bowie changed all the time, didn't he? He's yeah. a spaceman. He's a lady. He's a man. Yeah. He's with Mick Jagger. What's going on? Mumford and Sons, you know, they bring out their distressed furniture, very popular first album. Yeah. Think what they're going to do next time? Yeah, got the waistcoats back on again. Yeah, yeah, more sure. of the same. You know, just but just keep changing it. I think sure. that's that's really important. Change it up and, and uh, don't yeah, don't think. I just yeah, don't be a square. For fuck's sake, if it, if if it's itchy, scratch it. <laughs> scratch the itchy bits. That's what you should do, isn't it? Because that's the bits that we need to, you know, need, need to talk about. Like, look at some like the, some of the stuff that Tom Stade does, like the way yeah. where he thinks this is where I'm going to start. It's brilliant. Bill Burr, have you seen Bill Burr's bit? He does about um, Steve Jobs. No, no, never seen it. Everyone listening to this, uh, go into YouTube and look at Night of Too Many Stars. Bill Burr, B I L L B U R. He does a great podcast, Monday morning podcast. Yes, yeah, I've heard it. Brilliant. Yeah. But basically, he does a routine about Steve Jobs. I don't, I don't really see what that guy did. I, 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 do you know what? I'm not even going to describe <laughs> it. But it's great. He does it at this massive media charity event where mm. everyone, you know, like all of us, has got an iPhone, an Apple, yeah. an Apple computer. They, we're all slaves to this world. Where except we know that Apple's going to be a fucking bank in 10 years. It's got yeah. all our details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't give much away to tax. You know what I mean? But we mm. kind of overlook them. We'll boycott Starbucks, but... Mm, we'll, we'll, yeah, use our iPhones so and shiny, our independent so coffee shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's comfy. It's in my pocket. It's made out of glass. Why do you make it out of fucking glass? But um, he... It, and it's just remarkable. You can see him have to really push this routine over the cliff yeah. to get them to laugh at the thing that's just a bit too close to be comfortable. Yes. And it is fucking amazing. And they love it by the end of it. And and but he's he's just it's just awesome. He and he rips into kind of he he, he kind of it, 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 he's so charming as well and about geeks and stuff and like when did the geek guy become the kind of so looking at what is the sacred cow, what how yeah. the movement now it's all about kind of <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I've read a few books. Deal yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Anything, anything like that, I find, I find that that kind of irks me. Anything where people are kind of 
it, it, they're trying to play the tribe first before the funnies yeah okay okay do you know what I mean? Where yes, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, we're all the same thing. Let's get in. You're in my choir. You sing a little song. It doesn't have to be that good a song because you've already established you're in a choir. Yes. It's much more interesting to watch people um, try and win over people. Yes, yes. To try and challenge them at the outset, whether it's by being slightly confrontational, but but kind of uh, uh, but still warm and human mm. about it, or whether they're just being off beam and just doing the thing that they love mm. doing, like Doctor Brown. Like mm. his shows are, mm. are phenomenal, aren't they? And the more I do it, the more I think it's about it's about doing whatever it is you do, whatever style or however unboxable thing that you do is. It's about being utterly unapologetic for what you're doing, isn't it? It's about being completely. Uh, so you're giving off that energy. That this is this is all it's going to be. This is it. This is yeah, it. Yeah. This is all. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. This is what yeah. what I'm going to do. Mm. It's funny. I, 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 it was good actually. I. Um, having done that first show about my, my family and, and kind of being aware that there was a bit of that kind of oh this is a bit I've heard about kids yeah yeah, yeah. I think it was what were you, about 2010 I found through links looking on YouTube Louis C.K. yeah and, and obviously you know I think it's remarkable and yeah, through him I found Bill Burr and other other American comics um, and and I just and it just kind of vilified it, it might, I don't know if I'm using the word right vilified vilified means it means uh, so I use uh, words no, often without knowing what they um, mean. I think vindicated. Vindicated. <laughs> Thank you, Stu. <laughs> I am actually an idiot under all of this. <laughs> but uh, I only studied through that much at school. Just, just enough. Just enough. <laughs> I knew how to pass exams. That's what it was. <laughs> but it vindicated that, that, that I thought, oh, I'm going to stop worrying about any of this now. Yeah. Because, yes, he's doing stuff about kids. It's totally different from what I'm talking about. It's just a life experience. And it's your own story each time. But it was inspiring going, wow, and he is so good. He's been doing it 20 totally, odd years. Totally. Yeah, he's so some, relaxed on stage. He's someone who can approach a topic that someone might, that it would be, that someone could lazily describe as a hack topic yeah. and make you realise just how much there is still to find in it. Absolutely. And how awful yeah. it is to consider something hack. Totally, you know? totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, like, well, that's what, and that's what Bill Bird does with that uh, Steve Jobs routine. Mm. It's great, and I just, I just, I, so I, I'm kind of excited about kind of uh, thinking if I just to stay happy and stay content, or at least not, you know, you won't always be happy, but to stay honest to what, try and do it in a way that kind of feels like it's just, it's just, it is mm. still just me, and I'm not having to try and be someone else. <laughs> And then, yeah, and, and then sort of warm-up kind of came a bit, a little bit full circle in a way that I ended up doing, being the regular warm-up on 8 out of 10 Cats, uh, which was the show I was doing when the duck was killed. Yes, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but also 8 out of 10 Cats was a show that I'd been on three times at the start of the series. Sure. But this was post-Friday Night Projects and Channel 4 yeah. things when I was on Channel 4, I'd been on some Channel 4 things. And um, and it was it was a weird moment in in my life in terms of taking the job because there was a bit of me going, you can't. I, I don't know whether I feel right doing this. Yeah. And another bit of me kind of going, um, well, the money's handy mm-hmm. if you want to go to Edinburgh and do and, and develop what you're doing. That is such a choice to have to make, yeah. isn't it? And 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 I kind of thought and I thought actually the only thing that's getting in the way of me doing this and 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 banking this decent check that enable gives me more creative freedom 
is my ego. That's the only thing. It's my. It's got to get over myself and do it. To go back and do the warm up for a show that you've appeared on. Yeah. that is hard. That's yeah, I appeared hard. on it. And you, so I, you did it. You I did appeared on it. I think once or twice in my own right, and either once or twice uh, when this. I was booked to the wall when the seven seven bombings happened. Right, and ended up doing a, a recording of the show with we, we did with just the production team and the front chairs at the, the white chairs and then yeah. the audience at the back was empty uh, <laughs> it was nuts but um, yeah was that transmitted yeah it was yeah wow. yeah and I think I think I think there was some audience in there and they obviously kind of did something with the sound as I imagine too. and they were down an act so you stepped in yeah Richard Maiden couldn't come okay uh, but yeah so, so doing a warm up on a show that uh, yeah I had been on and probably thought I should be being on this one yeah, and I've been, I felt I'd been round that circle once, and uh, and it is it is weird, Stu, because you kind of it's 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 a very small world, isn't it? All of it, it's a very small world, and uh, I kind of yeah, I think I, I felt I had to make uh, a decision. Yeah, I thought, well, I'm, I'm if I'm doing Edinburgh, then I'm going to be fucking skint. So I need to earn more than I'm just going to earn. And just so what? Regular gigs. That's like, man. That's like something in a movie. You've got yeah. to make this choice. Yeah. You've got to make the choice because, and you, if you went back and did it, and you took the money in order to do the creative thing, mm. that's the right choice. But I don't know if I could have made that yeah. choice. I think my ego would have prevented me, and, and not in a sort of bullshit ego way, but in a. I mean, something we haven't really talked about about warm up is how thankless it can be, and yeah. how much you can feel like if it goes wrong, you can feel like you can get the blame, and if it goes well, then it just looks like the show was great yeah. you know and people do producers go oh thanks mate great job but you know there's nothing more soul destroying than being in the middle of a good warm up bit in, in a break in recording yeah. and you're, ro- you're rocking it and then they yeah. go okay thanks in the middle of a bit and it's back to oh you know the people are looking past you to try yeah. and see the famous people yeah. that, that is a big sort of emotional and, and yeah. struggle I think yeah. I, and I think that's one of the reasons uh, Patrick yeah. Monaghan's so good at it apart from his skill set is he doesn't care about stuff like that He's yeah. almost, he, he doesn't yeah. have that ego in that sort of way mm. so he's like boom back to this for you and me certainly mm. for me and I imagine for you as well being on, on stage but not being the person on stage being in this weird yeah. limbo between the two where you've got them and then you have to give them away in the middle yeah. of yeah. your thing it's like having sex with someone yeah. and then getting tapped on the shoulder well you'd finish now yeah. so you know wow. I think, yeah I think I think mate, mate, yeah exa- I probably yeah it's, yeah it's mad isn't it it's mad so it's to go, to it's, go, go ego, it's all ego stuff isn't it yeah but with, with, with that in mind to go back on how did it feel like to do when you walked on and you knew <clears> that the people on the panel and the show yeah. knew that you'd been on it did you feel there was any uh, not antipathy but did you imagine any sort of like they'd be looking down on you for going back I probably went through all those permutations in my head yeah but I, I ended up squaring it with myself that I'd do because they were all, all used on Wednesday or Thursday nights and I was living in London at the time so I could go and do a, a, a fun gig in London a, quite yeah. a creative gig afterwards yeah so I had a, I had a, I had a thing in my head I said I'll do one for the bank one for the soul yeah that's yeah, how I yeah, looked yeah. it and that's exactly how I looked it so I could do that with a bank raid but I'd also try it. But I'd also think if I'm doing a warm up, fuck it. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'll do some. I'll do some stuff that I have to do. Yeah. And then I'm going to do some newer stuff. Yeah. Just do it as a gig, and then just get out. And if, if I can. Well done. And but then and, and then and then and then I started That's very kind of doing bro. quite a few of them. And then there just came a point where I just kind of thought, right, I'm going to knock it on the head now. Yeah. So I've done enough, and uh, and I'd started writing my own scripts, and I thought I'm only getting. Just, 
That it's all, it's all perception, ego, yeah. fear, yeah. worry, thinking. Well, they only think of me as that. Well, like, that, I mean, that. That, that is. But then also, not to say that isn't true. Yeah, through, there is through, a danger yeah. that they only think of you as a warm-up guy. Yeah, but it was through doing the warm-up that I got some jobs on the yeah in the first place. So it's it's really God. kind of complicated. And and I think just talking to Helen and stuff, she just went, stuff. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm. You're thinking about this too much, or if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But it doesn't. Mm. Fuck it. You know, I, th- I think that that's when it comes down to your life is bigger than all of that. And, it, and if, if, if your life becomes that world or how you feel you fit into that or don't fit into that or where you fit into that world, it's mentally it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's not good, yes. for, it's not the, good for your health. The one thing that can save you really is <laughs> the work. You have to try and forget all of those yeah. things and go, this is an audience and I will stand there and do stuff. And whoever's standing behind me doesn't matter. Yeah. And whatever I've done before this or will do after it, that doesn't matter. Yeah. There's me and there's an audience. And that, if you kind of focus on the purity of that experience, mm. then that will get you through it. Yeah. That, and you know, that's what it's about. Isn't I've it? got a family to feed. <laughs> yes, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit kind of. I've got a wife and two kids to show, sure, man. Sure, but it's better. I've got a family to feed. Well, this is like this is like Alan was saying as well. But it, it's it's almost the opposite side of the the true sentiment of play the room, not the occasion. Yeah, you just have to go and play the room. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's exactly. the negative version of that. Rather than the occasion being something special, the occasion is something less than special that might make you feel a bit crumpled. Yeah, you've got to do the work. You've yeah. made the decision to do the work for your family, for your creative yeah. life. Do play the room. Yeah, oh, so I imagine well most, most people who do corporate gigs, they probably probably hate the majority of them. Sure, because because the audience, you know, they're, they're, they're on a you know works do or it's a, you know there's a massive dance floor between them and the audience or whatever. There's yeah. a myriad of reasons why there could be hard work. And, and I tell you, the other way you can not like not enjoy a corporate is if you do it really well and you come away from it thinking, well, I'm the sort of guy that does really well. Yeah, you're always corporate. Gonna, <laughs> you're always going to find a reason to beat yourself yeah, up, aren't you? Of course. If you choose to be that way around, yes, that's the yes. thing, isn't it? Yeah. So that was Rob. What an incredibly lovely man. I just he's one of those people listening back to the to that conversation whilst editing it. I uh, I'm just struck by what a warm and generous and lovely man Rob is. I, I, I really am very proud to call him my friend. Next week, I'm going to be talking to James Acaster. Uh, that's our live special that uh, that is I'm recording very soon in the next couple of days, and uh, that will be out next week. So thanks to, uh, thanks to Rob. Thanks to all the usual suspects. I will speak to you. Oh, thank you and hello to Richard Van Bilzen at Svartkat in the Netherlands. Uh, hello, guys. Uh, and thank you to everybody at the Edinburgh stand for such a bloody lovely weekend. Uh, yep, James Acaster, next week. I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 